0: in the wind, and could see each crack and split in her small lips. He had learned, in these past weeks, the shapes of her knees, her feet, had seen her secret skin. He knew the hard, black scabs of scars she would come to live with, if he could command it. She looked at him. You are mine, he thought. With his eyes again, he saved her. She began to cough. He waited, fed the fire. The wind came up and sprang the pines and showered them with snow. He came off the forest slopes into the river valley in a waning daylight moon. It took less strength to plod along than to see what shelter he could find, what fuel to make a fire. Everything was frozen, and he'd worked like this in winter his whole life, but always in the company of men. It was terrible to stop, to see how small she lay without him, waiting for some warmth. At last, in a cove of pines, he trod the snow and floored the camp in boughs, made rough shelter, hacked down limbs and shook them. He put the meat to boil and listened to her breathing. He closed his eyes and waited. One morning after he had made the graves, he'd stood and watched the wind blow down the snow, watched it spill off the laden pines, drift glittering through the blue, each joint and twig of aspen lined in snow, a fairy open work of black and white. It hardly seemed the world should be so beautiful, He'd walked out past the barn and seen, on all the stumps and posts and rails, a dazzling crest. A herd of elk was feeding off his snowy hay, yarded up, content as horses. He'd shot a cow, cut the meat to carry. He woke to the stink of his blanket burning. She was curled against him, her hand inside his coat. Until these recent weeks, it was always Liza she'd clung to. He'd never known this kind of flattery, or what it was to be a source of comfort. Now he heard the rattle in her lungs, like glue. He'd come to think he could refuse to sleep, that a man could stay awake. When Liz Pat went, he'd been sleeping. Liz Pat. Elizabeth. Her lanky legs, sly eyes, the cheekbones like her mother's. She'd raged at the last for scissors, as though she might still cut some figure out of paper. She was ten. He'd had the fever himself by then, and was tired. Go to sleep, he'd said, and left her, not believing any child of his could die so easily. He remembered the dry grief cracking out. He'd stood in the doorway's glare, panic-stripped and heaving. The ground was hard. He'd had no strength to bury her. He kept her for two days inside, then hauled her onto the ridgepole for fear of wolves. He came to fear his own sleep after that as well, for the losing of his other two. He stayed awake. He talked to them tried to cool their faces, keep the chill away. The fire he would keep alive. Five days of fever turned to chill, engorgement of the flesh, suppuration. All his life he'd worked with men who had survived, seen women scarred, seen children blinded or made deaf. But now they own that horror. variola Agony, exact and inevasable, every surface real, remembered, the eyes, the tongue, the palms that closed around the cup, the soles on which he walked. His lungs shot through as though he had breathed lie, and no one in a hundred miles to know it. Tota, June would call as he was dozing. Alexander suffered it ten days, his golden child boy of two. Blessed release. He remembered carrying him outside, how the bright cold hit them. In the snow against the cabin wall, his legs had given out. He remembered sinking with his boy in his arms, waking sometime later. Remembered the horror of the snow which had fallen while they slept, and lay unmelted in those curling palms. So he and June, his middle child, were left. Still burning, each breath disturbed what only begged for peace. Each effort broke what little surface might be healing. But he tried to answer when she called. He lay festering in his robes and moaned, and would have been glad for death, but for the nightmare fear that she'd be left alone. He would not die and leave her there alone. So he stayed, insensible of days and nights, or that the horses had run off, until the sores began to melt together and stiffen into solid sheets like bark that split and stank. And he thought the two of them might live. And for a silent fortnight they had. He pulled June's head against him, smelled her hair. Six days, he thought. Six more, if he could do it. Then there would be rest. The sun rose in a yellow band below the gray. By midday the sky was clearing. He'd reached the plain along the river, now followed that valley north. Blackfeet. Gros ventre. He saw no villages, no sign. But they were there. He was making for the mission. St. Marie's. The Jesuits had come out two years before. They had built a crude hall and a palisade against the Blackfeet, who resented them. Their work was with the better tribes. Flathead, Salish, to bring them God and learning, to heal their sick. "'I'll take you there,' he'd promised, when her lungs began to fail. "'They'll help you. They'll have something.' At noon, he stopped for longer than he meant to rest, and by dusk, he was all but ruined. An ache had lodged in the backs of his legs since the fever." And would turn to knives, but the land here afforded nothing. He kept on, though his eyes were falling shut, his course wavering. The plain was too exposed. At last, he made a camp above the river. It took two hours to find some wood and light it. He boiled the meat by starlight. They heard voices in the silence swells of laughter a distant gathering in happy conversation tota hey she lay watching him the whites of her eyes shone in the faint light can all people fly after they be dead he said did your mother teach you that she said some go in the water It's the river, you hear, he said. The river's moving under ice. That's all. Tota. He woke. The sky was filled with stars. Tota. I'm cold. Tota. She fevered, spooned against him, almost touching the last coals. He reached for the wood behind him. Put a few small pieces on. Tota, when will Sally come back? He closed his eyes, saw their horses homing through the snow against the dark. He dreamed them flying, spinning through the heavy drifts, the spray of ice, steam roiling from their nostrils, the branches in their wake freed and springing. I don't know. He said, I'll go out after Thaw and find her. None of them had asked about their mother.